Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Growing up, I can't say that I had the most spontaneous life. In fact, I pretty much knew what was going to happen and when it was going to happen. I knew that if I got home from school a little early, I would have just a little bit of free time before Dad got home. And now, when Dad got home, we had to work. And so that was my schedule. If I was going to get free time, it was going to be before Dad got home. Because after Dad got home, it was done. We had work to do. When it was nice outside, we were working outside. And when it wasn't nice outside, we had projects indoors to do. Always had something to fill our time. Even our vacations weren't spontaneous. Nothing spontaneous about it. Both my parents had a job where they had to turn in their days that they were going to have off by January. So, so by January, we already knew exactly what we were going to do and when we were going to do it. So there was nothing really spontaneous. When I got into college, especially when I got into Concordia University in Seward, Nebraska, I remember the first time one of my friends came up and asked if I would go on a weekend trip with him. I said no. It wasn't planned. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if his car was going to make it. There were so many things that were unplanned. And so I just, I just couldn't bring myself to say yes. After I thought about it for a little bit, I realized that I could actually say yes, even for something that was maybe unplanned. And so the next time he asked me, I said yes. His car wasn't a full-on clunker, close enough. In a lot of ways, though, taking that trip, that very first road trip, to go see one of our Concordia choirs play, which that was the deal, we went one state over, yeah, I think it was one state over to see the Concordia, our Concordia choir play, and then we drove back the same day. And so I was really excited that his car did, in fact, make it, um, that we could do all of that. And maybe some of you have some memories from your past days, some of those spontaneous trips that you've been on. There's always an element of trust in those, aren't there? You're trusting in things. You're, you're trusting that certain things are going to happen. You're hoping, in some regards, that they do. Trust is a big thing. Trust is one of those things that we don't necessarily think a lot about, but we all desperately need. We need trust. So what do you put your trust in? Not just some old clunker that you're going to climb in and hopefully make it across state, but what are some other more serious things as you think about that you place your trust in? Trust is easy to say, it's easy to talk about, it's much harder to live. It's much harder to actually place your trust in something. Put yourself in somebody else's hands. It's challenging. It's hard. When we get to our, our actual our Old Testament lesson for today, one of the things that we see is the story of Abraham. But it's a story that's loaded with trust. It's a story that's loaded with trust. 
Here Abraham is. He is older. And all of a sudden God comes to him and says, Hey, take your son Isaac and take him to where I say. And you're going to sacrifice him. And Abraham trusted. Now there's a lot of things going on here. Realize that Abraham knew that God's promises were going to be fulfilled through Isaac. He trusted that. He trusted that promise. And now God is saying, hey, you're going to sacrifice Isaac. So how did Abraham work that out in his mind? Or could he? But it didn't matter. Abraham trusted. After three days, it says, or three days away, he looks up and he sees where he's supposed to go. And he climbs up all the way to Mount Moriah. Now this is one of those just fun kind of things to think about. But Mount Moriah, you know Mount Moriah. You don't know that you know Mount Moriah, but you do. You see, Mount Moriah goes by a different name these days. Some years later, a town is going to be built on top of the side of the mountain. Eventually, that town is going to be taken over by the Jews. And then it's going to be expanded under King Solomon. The town's name is Jerusalem. That's the top of Mount Moriah. The top of Mount Moriah, the very, very peak of Mount Moriah, is where they placed the temple. That is Mount Moriah. That is where Abraham is headed. And in fact, that is where Abraham goes. Sets up the altar. Gets it all ready to sacrifice his son Isaac. And all of this out of trust. Remember, he knows that he has been given the promise that his offspring shall come through Isaac. And so he knows that somehow that's going to take place. But he also knows that God has called on him to sacrifice his son. And so he goes. Even though it seems contradictory, Abraham trusts. He goes. And as he finally does, we know the story. They see a, a ram caught in the thicket. God tells him through an angel not to do it. And they sacrifice a lamb. The first sacrifice that takes place on the top of Mount Moriah. It is, in a lot of ways, very much an entire mission starting with trust. It starts with trust. It ends with trust. It ends with Abraham clinging yet again to the very promises of God. When we talk about the beginning of our own mission, our own lives. We a lot of times talk about baptism. Is it, it is in baptism that we receive the Holy Spirit. It is in baptism. It is in baptism that we receive faith from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the very working of the Spirit. Water and His Word, the divine mystery. Our sins are cleansed from us. But what about this New Testament passage? What about this passage where we talk about Jesus starting his mission? He starts his mission with trust, for sure. But why is Jesus baptized? Why does Jesus get into the water as he begins his mission? 
Jesus dips into the water because it is there that the exact opposite happens to him. We dip into the water to be cleansed from our sin. Jesus dips into the water and takes our sin. His baptism is how he starts his mission. And then he goes out into the wilderness, driven out into the wilderness by the Spirit. And there Jesus, as the perfect man, trusts. For 40 days and 40 nights, he is in the wilderness. He's in the creation. Where the Israelites have failed over 40 years in the wilderness, Jesus does not fail. Where the Israelites fail to trust in God, where the Israelites fail to follow his word, Jesus does not. Jesus trusts. Jesus obeys. When we talk about our lives and our journeys and our ministries and all the things that we do, a lot of times we end up talking about trust. Trust is an important thing. And my guess is, is as we evaluate our own lives, there's going to be times and places where we realize that maybe we should have trusted a little bit more, but we didn't. We had doubts creep in. We had things that that crept into our minds that just ended up being devastating. But this morning, as we read through our text, as we read through all of this, we are called to trust. Trust in our God. Trust in our Lord. Trust in Jesus. Jesus, who took on your sins. All of them. Even the ones you haven't committed yet. He took on those sins. And yes, he's starting his mission here. And he completes his mission on the third day when he rises from the dead. He dies on the cross He rises from the dead victorious, victorious over death, victorious over sin, your sin, my sin. And it is through him that we are cleansed. It's through him that our baptisms mean things, mean something. And so we go back and we cling to the very promises that we have received through baptism, the forgiveness of sins. Life everlasting, but not through baptism, but the faith that we receive through the working of the Spirit. It is through our faith that we cling to those promises. It is through faith that we have salvation. Faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In His name, amen. And now may the peace which passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time, please stand as we now confess our common faith in the words of the apostles.